Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before I go, um, it's is the Des Bryant wet turd comparison similar to Sarkhan? Is this kind of the same thing? Or is it oh. worse? Hey, hold on, hold on. You're, Dan, you're, Dan, you, you, you broke up that entire sentence. Yeah. Oh, oh, that man. brought Nathan such joy to say. That brought him. I almost cut him <laughs> off, too. Oh, just the level. You can see the microphone <laughs> rising on the other end. He is so happy. Uh, am I back? Am I? Can you hear yes. me? Yeah. Yes, you're back. Okay. Now, plug it into your phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, before I go, is is the wet dog turd version of Des Bryant the same as the old crusty sock version of Marshawn? Nope, you're bad. What's happened here? <laughs> he is literally responding because <laughs> your audio is so bad right now. I've never what? seen him happier in my life. This <laughs> this entire thing what is going might be on? the intro to the show. Like This is going to be like three minutes of intro to the show. It is. I, if I could just show the video to everybody driving to work in their car, Nathan literally sitting there fist bumping. And he's done. All right, how about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine now. Let's do it again. All right. And, and you're going to do that rant again and it's going to break up. <clears throat> Dynasty. Tradecast. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you by MyFFPC.com. As always, that's right as always, I'm your host Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my faithful co-hosts Nathan and Dan. What's up guys? We're in the building tonight. Uh, it's just just the three of us. I'm, I'm, you know, every once in a while you have to get back to your roots, have to just have us three yelling at each other for about 45 minutes. Uh, maybe 40 minutes. We'll, we'll see how, how uh, quickly we can 50. get this podcast done. Probably not 50. I, I really hope not. <laughs> we'll see how angry we can get Nathan after each segment. Come on, guys. We're going to wrap this up, and we'll just see We'll see the hand motions in the, in the video. That is that is 100% true. Uh, well, all right. Well, this is the, the part of the show where I will segment awkwardly in us small talking with uh, you know for no reason. How many rookie drafts you guys doing? Uh, uh, auctions, drafts. I mean, like five right now i've got one that starts this weekend maybe two that start this weekend and then a couple more that like go that i have a couple auctions in like july or something i don't know yeah i have no idea. i think i'm in four or five right now who knows <laughs> I, I personally like to stagger mine to like one a week and it pretty much starts on monday at noon ends on like friday at like noon and you know it's it's a good week you get to digest slowly I'd rather digest quickly and get. We knocked out. Well, with Kadoosh, we we did our whole draft in like I don't know twenty hours. Uh, oh, well, I would love. Others. I would love to do that just, for the record. Just yeah, other owners get in the way of that. Just one. have good owners. All right, I've I've had like three rookie drafts this off season that have taken less than twenty four hours to complete. I mean, honestly, though, 
here actually I have a st- I have a hot take on this and I think it'll be hot takey in the community. I actually like it when they kind of drag out for a whole week cuz it like <laughs> cuz by the time you're done with like nine drafts that each took a day, you look up and realize it's still April and it's you know, the season doesn't start for like another oh, I don't know, like 4 months, 5 months. Yeah, but the the agonizing pain of waiting for every single pick to actually happen is way worse than, uh, oh, we don't have anything to do until football season. But it doesn't have to be your day in that spot. That's the beauty of the slow draft. It slows down. It's beautiful. Um, Okay, we're jumping ahead here. We're jumping ahead. Maybe these hot takes will come back. We're going to talk about uh, rookie draft season and talk about, like, all of this stuff. So before we get too far into it, I do want to remind all the listeners that they can get a listeners-only 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the – NFL podcast homepage on rotaviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also supports the pod. So you can contact us via email. That's rotavizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter. Slide into those DMs as always at rotavizradio. And uh, Rotoviz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now also available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz Radio shows under the Rotoviz Radio moniker. Um, and then you can find our individual individual feeds for this show by simply searching the dynasty trade cast at rotoviz fantasy football podcast actually if you type in dynasty trade cast you'll see our podcast there it's got the nice rotoviz logo on it it's sweet um so go on to blog talk radio go on to itunes go on to your favorite podcast app uh click subscribe and then uh as always we get like ratings and reviews so there's a mouthful and let's go ahead and dive into rookie draft season here um, and this is kind of a Nathan threw a couple thoughts at it. I actually threw a couple thoughts at it as well. So pat myself on the back here. I, I can't think, so I didn't throw any thoughts. Perfect. That's that's obvious with even your... the guy who can't think says something. <laughs> that is an anchor. No, not a anchor man. Uh, yeah, it is an anchor man. Yes, yep. yes. I'm, I am brick. I am brick of the dynasty trade gas. <laughs> There's a trident involved. Perfect. Uh, all right. So first thing, uh, we're going to talk rookie draft timers. Um, I've got a lot of opinions. I think each of us commission a number of leagues. So we likely have our preferred method that we implement in those leagues. So um, let's just chat rookie draft timers. And maybe since Dan already brought up auctions too, maybe this is a good time to bring up kind of um, – proxy pick uh, lengths and how long those periods should be as well. So uh, I'll just go ahead and throw to Nathan right off the bat here. Yeah, I'll start us off by saying this is on the list because I had a bit of a uh, anger uh, filled thread uh, the other day on Twitter um, <laughs> about the concept of uh, timing out in rookie drafts. Yes. Uh, there, and, I, there is, and I came at you. And you disagreed. You disagreed. That's why it's on here. Cause you had a bad take. So, you know, All right. <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> going, going to, going to put you in your place here. So right. my take, my take on rookie draft timers is that they shouldn't be skip picks. They should be, you get the top player based on the ADP list. And I'm not saying that because the, the idiot who times out his rookie draft deserves to get a player. Cause that is not the issue whatsoever. The issue is that more often than not, if you're a guy who times out in your rookie draft, either A, you just had bad luck and it happened once, or B, you're an inactive owner that is likely to leave the league within one to two years. So if if you get your pick skipped and A, lose the pick entirely, or B, you have to wait until you know you show up to the thing and then any players pick between when you timed out and when you showed up, you lose the, the shot at those players. All those things are just hurting the, the future owner of your team or the ability to find a, a replacement for that team. So if you have a team that's absolutely in the trash and let's say has the 103 pick and gets skipped and then they, the person shows up and picks at like the 113, 
that is a huge detriment to that team's future as trying to rebuild. And no, I don't care about the, the owner who timed out because he, he shouldn't have done that, obviously. But I care about the possible future owner when that guy drops the league. See, I love that you took all of the arguments from Twitter and just fought them right there in your rant. <laughs> so that's that's good. Um, all right. Well, you alluded to it. I I, I disagree completely. And and I would I, I would just I guess open with if the entire point of the argument and the entire the entire point you're making is when you inevitably have to fill this team, it gets more difficult. I why is the guy in the league even at all if that's what's happening? Because if that's the if that's what we're banking on is like this guy is going to get his pick skipped and he's one foot out the door, et cetera. But you don't you don't know that until the pick gets skipped, right? No, sure, sure. But I mean, that's which is fine. But if he's an inactive owner, which you probably already knew before, but again, you getting slightly reprimanded. Granted, it's going to make their team bad, but they're not going to up and leave the league most time if they get the one hundred six instead of the one hundred three. Which I think it's a bit of a stretch to say they'll get the one thirty. It's especially well, that, that's what that's what happened in this league is the okay. person got the 113. So you got you they were skipped and then after the 113 they got to make their pick at the 201. It was a 16 team league. But yes. Okay, well okay, at at pick 13 is what I meant to say. But yes. Uh yeah, I mean it sucks for that that owner. Um, and I mean, did that owner leave immediately after? Is that the whole? No, 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 no. I'm. I'm it, this is strictly speaking in fear of, of that possibly happening because this team is bad. So no, totally. I mean, and that's that's a large part of why you set up as a commissioner things to combat teams that are super duper bad future pick deposits things like that um and i mean i don't know teams that are really bad even these days i feel like you can fill on twitter i haven't had one i've, I've tried to fill a couple turds here myself and they've they've filled pretty regularly even with high buy-in so i i don't know that i i buy into that and i think it demands attention in the draft which is what i really like about the skip pick is because you get a pick skipped once and that's that um and then I mean, you could also have situations where the auto pick is actually way worse than the skip pick would have been. Um, St. Brown comes to mind as maybe being a guy who is MFL. Well, no, because then, then a, a pick is better than no pick at all. Well, no, and but then, I mean, say so even pick five picks in that later might have been better than the MFL. No, but I'm, say, I'm saying in this scenario with the auto pick, once you show up, you can say, okay, three picks have been picked. I'll take this guy instead of the guy I got auto drafted. It's it has the same function as the skip pick, except for it safeguards against a huge drop. Interesting. Okay, well then I'm not sure I understood that the skip pick could go back and revisit it. So maybe I'll maybe I'll concede that's the case. I actually really like the skip pick though, and I'll stick by that. That I think it really demands attention, and you don't have people get skip picks more than once in drafts. If you have a skip pick and the owner doesn't have a an actual excuse if they just oh yeah sorry fell asleep i'm sorry i was mia for like three days well and we can talk about we can talk about the fall asleep argument in a second but that just they're gone all right so uh, as a commissioner the leagues that i commission i do not at any point have a draft timer if you take too long you're gonna hear from me if you take an absurd amount of time you're gone that's I'm I probably rule too much of an iron fist, but I like to have good active owners. So I don't even over here. Just you also also have to have a definition of what's too long, then Dan. Well, no, he he sounds like he's defining it like the Supreme Court defines pornography. He'll know it when he sees it. (laughs) It's yeah. I mean, if it's getting out of hand and everybody's like, "Hey, what's going on with this?" 
that's you know it's always it's fluid it's not like an exact amount of time if i mention something to you hey and then if i get a response like yeah i'm at work i'll pick after work great fine at least let me know what's going on if you're mia you're gone um but as a as an owner i would probably want to be able to you know let the get skipped the way the, I mean, because as an owner, I'm active. I'm always going to make my picks. I'm never going to get skipped. It's not going to happen unless something crazy happens in life. So, which sometimes does happen. It does absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then you can have that conversation and go back and and fix it. But if it's an if it's something like let's say the Vikings in what was it 2001 where they just didn't get their card in time and all of a sudden like three picks go by and now they get stuck with Kevin Williams instead of the good player that they wanted, even though Kevin Williams ended up being good. Um, it is what it is. You, you get, you get put in your place. And I honestly think that's, that's the way I would want to see it as an owner. Um, I haven't seen a skipped pick in like six years or something. So I I, had one in my first, in my first draft this year. So I'll, I'll just say in it, he picked three picks later and was super apologetic and didn't miss another pick after that point. And did, and his team's not in the dumpster tank. He's not a bad owner. It's just, like I said, I mean, and granted, I reminded the dude, but sometimes sure. people don't check their emails, which I get. But again, I, I agree with you on the the iron fist. I think is a bit much, but um, I, I do have a little bit of flexibility, Dan, on top of what you're saying. But I think well, you've got the right idea is like being quick to move on from owners who are not the most active. The reason I'm that way, though, is because of the owners I bring into my leagues. I'm not, you know, I, I filter through anytime I'm I'm filling an open spot or starting a new league. I'm only getting guys that I either have like a reference from or have played in the league with previously that I know is going to be active. If you're not active, you're most likely not getting in one of my leagues and I don't commission a ton, but I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way I am. So I never really have to rule with an iron fist, honestly, but I will, if I have to. Yeah. I mean, and maybe let's talk about draft timers in general. Um, And that is, I don't know what you guys do, but I usually have between an eight and a 12 hour clock. Um, and if it, if it hits the end, then that's that. And then for the evenings, I usually turn it off from like 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. Yeah, eight yeah hour that's, clocks. Pretty, that's yep. pretty, pretty much what I agree with. Yeah. All right. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's fair. Anybody, Nathan, you got anything else to add on the tail end of this rookie draft timer discussion? Um, I just, I mean, no, yeah. Um, I mean, that the, you talk, you reference auctions a little bit at the beginning, and yeah. I would I would say my, my favorite auction time is eighteen hours. I think twenty four hours uh, pushes it a bit much and just makes it longer than necessary. I think eighteen hours is a good amount of time that you know it, you can check in on, on an auction at least once every eighteen hours and be fine with it. Totally, and then uh, make sure that if you're putting in a big bid, you put it so that the eighteen hours expires at three a.m. in the middle of the United States. Right. So nobody, so everyone is asleep. That is right. pro tip for the auctions that's okay, that's the strategy i don't think it's gets talked about enough or used enough is is being able to time those guys to come off the board when you want them to come off the board so yeah using that 16 or 18 hour premium you don't have to be up at a stupid time in order to make it work right oh i almost prefer the 24 for that exact reason so you can't do that crap right um, i prefer like if you're gonna do that crap you better you better have set an alarm and woken up in the middle <laughs> of the night and your wife better be like honey is everything okay as you're like <laughs> reaching for your phone that's the price i want you to pay for having to do that so sometimes those can those can be the middle of the day bids though those can be like you're up at 2 a.m and then it expires at like an awkward time where everyone's getting off of work or everyone's having dinner <laughs> that's what that's what eric's saying is that when it's 24 hours, it will be whenever you made the bid. 
No, 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 I understand that, but I'm I'm saying like if it is if one of the sixteen well, or eighteens, well. you can you can wake up at one of those awkward yeah. times and no one's expecting someone to come off the board at dinner time, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All the strategy here. Okay. Um, and this kind of falls into that same category when you're on the clock. Um, and it's something that came, this is one I added. Um, and the question is, how long is too long? to wait for offers when you're on the clock. So we've all been on the clock and we we do not want to make the pick or we want to shop the pick and we send out a message to the league and say, hey, this pick's on the on the um, on the block. I couldn't find the word there. Uh, this pick's on the block and uh, I'll be sending out a couple offers. Um, how long is too long to wait for that to come to fruition, Nathan Powell? See, I, I don't really have a set time for this. I think that there's there's a big difference between saying, hey, this pick's available, come trade for it, and then you not making the initiative to send any offers. And if you're that guy and, okay, like just sends that email and then waits five, six hours, then you're the guy I don't like. That For me, when I'm that guy that says, hey, this pick is available, I'm sending offers to everybody to trade down, to trade out, to, to feature your picks. I'm – I'm taking the initiative to make the first offer in all those situations. And if I get any counters back, I'm perfectly fine waiting, you know, an hour or two hours, maybe even three, just, you know, cause I know that negotiations might happen, but there can certainly be an overboard with that where, right. you know, you send offers and, Oh, well, Johnny hasn't declined my offer yet. And it's nine hours later. So um, obviously it also depends on your draft clock. Uh, but um, for me, it's all about if you're the guy initiating the offers in that situation, you can take uh, a little bit more time than if you're just saying, Hey, come send me offers because come send me offers guy never actually gets offers. Right. Come send me offers guy. Well, and this, this is kind of the one um, that I've had happen in a couple of leagues where the guy says, Hey, I'm on the clock. It's, it's available. If you want to come get this pick, I'll make my pick in six hours for, or I'll, you know, like at midnight or if it's 6 PM, like I'll make it in six hours from now. Um, if I don't have any offers, like that's the one that kind of drives me nuts. Cause you're obviously being attentive, but you just want to like see, if there's something out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way with that one. That one's if, if you're going to, hey, I'm on the clock, but I want to wait a little bit, you know, set, set a not ridiculous time. Don't, don't wait until midnight or whatever. Hey, I'm going to give this an hour and a half or two hours. Let me know. You know, I've got some stuff going on. I don't have a ton of time to dive in right this second. So uh, as long as I know that someone's attentive, someone's alive and they know that they're on the clock, use honestly use a bunch of time but don't don't just say hey come get it like you guys have been saying and then just not do anything about it um i think if you set a reasonable amount of time and you're waiting for offers that's fine if you are active and trying to shop the pick take your whole timer great if i'm getting if i'm getting um offers left and right and other guys are getting offers and we know that you're active use your use your eight hours i honestly don't care if you're being active with it no and i i tend to agree with that too um, okay, well, that is um, maybe going off script a little bit. Is there a like? Let's talk strategy for a second. Of in that situation, when you're if you're on the clock, you don't want to make the pick. What is your strategy for starting discussions with owners? Do you just blanket out offers? Do you target people close to you? What's your typical strategy? I'm not a big talking guy when it comes to trade offers. I, I just send offers and let those do the talking. And then I can talk. I can have a conversation from there. Right. Uh, the, the, f- the first interaction for me is always the trade offer. Because when someone says, hey, are you interested in this play- pick or this player? My answer is always send an offer. So I, I want to you know, not be the guy that I dislike. And I, I'm always going to – my first interaction is going to be a trade offer. 
I think, uh, and this goes back to like uh, Leo Pasiga and the notebook thing. I'll if if there's a spot in the draft, you know, let's say like 108 or 109, and and I know that there's a few owners that really want Sony Michelle. I'll say, hey, if anybody wants Sony Michelle, this picks on the clock. That usually stirs up a little bit. What no matter what the player is or or what the pick is, if if you're telling someone, hey, if anybody wants this player, I'm taking them. You can come get them. Yep. That, I've had decent luck with that. Obviously, it seems kind of stupid, but if you put that name in someone's head, I'm not, that, I'm not, I'm not sure if you were on the show, but we've talked about that at, like at least a couple pods ago, I think. Okay, yeah, I'm just yeah, it's going along with the with the thing. But either <laughs> way, um, I, I think that's that's a kind of a good move. But I'm kind of with Nathan. I'm not a big talker. Like you know, be preemptively four picks out and start having a conversation with that owner trying to figure out, hey, if this player's there, I'll do it. I'll just start sending offers and try to take a guess as to who's going to be there. Because if there's a, if I if I have a batch of guys, four or five deep, that I know I'm going to want, I'll trade into the back portion of that preemptively and not have to deal with the conversation. Okay, I think that actually opens a nice segue to another one of our discussion points here. Um, and that is kind of the opposite of what you're talking about, Dan. And that is, if a player starts to fall... Um, as opposed to kind of guessing what's going to happen. If you start to see a player actually falling that you covet, um, what is your strategy for moving up? Uh, when is the right time to start trading up? You were telling us off air, I think, Dan, about a situation in another league where you were just trying to get Lamar Lamar Jackson, not Lamar Miller. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't do that. Oh, I would. Uh, trying to get Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, so I guess let's, let's maybe Dan, you can open up, but when is the right time that you start going up for a player that seems to be falling that you really covet? So I, I think once that player gets past where you'd be comfortable taking them, I think you have to kind of create a tier within the league and, and really try to figure out where that guy might go. So if you're trying to get a guy between six and 10, you, I mean, honestly, you could try to just trade into 10 and hope he falls. But realistically, you want to try to get into the middle or the front portion of that tier where you think you can actually get him. Obviously, trading up to the pick that's on the clock means you get him. But at the same time, you might want to save a little bit of value and go a little bit later. So well, I'm, I'm if- more saying, Dan, that somebody that, somebody that you love is falling and it's definitive. You got to get in that spot. Are you saying instead of going to the spot where he he's already fallen, eight picks beyond where you value him, you're targeting lower than that? Well, no. I mean, if he's way beyond the tier where I think he should go, I'll yes. move into the pick that's on the clock and I'll offer usually around earlier, you know? So even if it's, let's say it's a first round guy, I'll get, I'll make sure that there's a future first. And then if there's a player that they like or a second or a third or whatever, whatever needs to bridge that gap, I'll do my best to make it happen. Because if I really want that guy, I'm going to go get him because there's a lot of times where you think you'd want to trade up, but at the same time, you're like, well, the player I want isn't going to be there. Well, now all of a sudden he's there. So don't right. adjust your values. Be like, oh, yeah, now he's only at 110, so I just have to pay that much. Pay what you would, what you would have paid to get there if you really want that guy. Obviously, you're going to have to spend and, and use a little bit more capital to get there. But if you would have used it to begin with, why not use it now? What's the difference? Well, I, I don't think you would have to. I think you can almost split the difference in that case. So, Nathan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that in the case of you're trying to trade up, trying to trade up, he keeps on falling. I think that you definitely start to lower your offer. If it, the guy is at 108, 
and then it goes down to 112 and the guy keeps on falling. Yes, you're still paying for the same asset, but, you know, you, you don't, don't necessarily have to pay as much. But in terms of just, like, when when I'm deciding, okay, now is the time to start trying to trade up for this player or try to in, trade into the draft for this player, yeah. it, it just comes down to, A, the assets that I have, whether do I have multiple second-round picks, do I have multiple future firsts, and it, it's also just a matter of wh- wh- how far they are falling. So let's say I have a player that I think should go 104. Then if they fall to like 107, 108, that's when I'm starting to say, okay, I'll give a future first in like 209, or I'll give a future first and a future second. And I start, you know, making those bids and it's, and for every pick that, every pick that, that the player doesn't get picked, I kind of lower that offer just a little bit. Yes, I still want to get the player, but I have to recognize that I don't have to pay as much because it's one pick late. Let me ask you, and this is kind of a weird hypothetical question, but let's say somebody you had valued in the mid first were to fall to the late or let's call it the mid second. Let's just say somebody fell an entire round later than what you had them valued at. Would you give more in future picks than what, like, so for, say for example, a two Oh five, would there ever be a scenario where you would be like, you know what, if it, if it's what it takes to get it done, they're my one Oh five. I'll give a future first for the two Oh five right now. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't overpay for the pick because it, you have to recognize that, you're not the only one in the league that thinks that that player has fallen too too much. So you do have to capitalize on a situation where if you have this player ranked five or six and they've fallen to 15, 16, 17, then you're willing to pay that future first as long as it doesn't look like some sort of top three or four pick. And even that scenario, if it does look like a, a really juicy first, you kind of maybe pitch that, that like, hey, I, I don't love my team this year, but I do really want this guy. So here's a first and you can throw me back a third or something like that. Yeah, I mean, this is the reason I asked this question is because it seems to be with the tier of like the second pick to the eighth pick kind of being very close to each other in this rookie draft. It seems like this is happening where you're having guys just fall five, six spots lower than where you value them in drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, let's go to a different situation, which could happen when a player does fall in draft. And that's taking a player you don't like just simply because of the value with intentions of flipping them. Uh, Dan, you can start us off. Is this a move that once you take the player, are you immediately trying to flip them? Are you kind of trying to play the waiting game? Are you trying to trade for a a pick that's in a few picks away? And maybe you try and get a guy you actually like. What's your move when you pick a guy that you don't actually like? This is a weird one for me because I used to be all on board with, with taking guys that have a higher perceived value, but if they fall, they're falling for a reason. And if no one else, you know, it let, let's say that it's an even dispersion of picks. So everybody in the first round has a pick, but now this guy is at 203 and everyone's had a look at him. Everyone's had a try just because he's there and I'm up doesn't necessarily mean that I think I'm getting a good deal here. So I, I think if it's one of my guys, then then I'm comfortable taking it, but I'm not really looking to draft and flip if someone's falling because no one's valuing him. So it's, uh, it's a good, it's a good point, Dan, like each, each league is its own like value economy, right? Right. Right. Like I've, I've had a couple of leagues where James, James Washington has fallen and I've moved up to get him, but I move up to get him and I, you know, I'm not already there waiting. And then all of a sudden he falls in my lap and I'm not going to be like, Oh, I can just flip him and go get Ronald Jones. No, because Ronald Jones went six picks earlier, and if and if it were the case where James Washington was worth more, it would have happened that way. Um, obviously, it only takes one, just like we've seen yeah. in the NFL draft. But, it, but it's there, it's a weird spot. There, there is definitely a situation, Dan, where like 
if you have, and especially if you have like a, a league that's not the world's most active, where you do still might have players that covet it. But I think you're exactly right that it's kind of fool's gold to target guys to flip them. First off, you don't like them, so you're going to be trying to flip them at any like positive news, whatever it is. But then you, I guess Nathan, to answer your question on how long do you wait? How long do you wait on a guy that you don't believe in that you don't think is going to be a successful NFL player? It's certainly not going to be into the season or into camp when news starts breaking because you personally don't believe that they're going to really turn out okay. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's something that I just generally won't do it. I'll reach I'll reach for a player that I like before I really start going after a person with higher perceived value. Um, it, it just rarely has worked out for me in the past as far as like being able to either the league doesn't value them the way you want to and you're stuck with a guy you dislike or or you end up waiting too long. They flop or in the case of David Johnson in several leagues, you get very lucky. <laughs> and there's a there's a point in time too where you, you market value just gets thrown out the window i mean you could have an entire group that thinks that thinks of the absolute world of baker mayfield and then you could have an entire league that doesn't want josh rosen at all so baker mayfield could have that really early you know value and then rosen you could get mid third so it's like as tight as we see those guys in market at adp you know in trade finders and all of that stuff that's entirely irrelevant within a league. It could matter to your valuation of a player, but as far as within the league, it's so, so tough to try to use market value for anything like that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I, I'll, I'll cut Nathan off one more time, but like just generally speaking, it doesn't come up that often, but every now and then you get a weird league that for some reason loves Demarius Thomas and hates Amari Cooper, and you're like, this 11 other people feel this way about this situation. Like, it's very strange but it happens very rarely. It's certainly the exception, not the rule. But yeah, if you have a guy fall in eight picks, it's probably because the league doesn't really like him. Yeah, I, I, I think that there are a variety of scenarios where a player fall. And I'm more talk. I'm not necessarily talking about oh, get the guy at two oh eight that should have gone two oh two. I'm more talking about a guy that um, is that that is being drafted in like the one hundred three, one hundred four range and drops like one hundred nine. And I, obviously, sure. it's a little bit it's a little bit different in this rookie draft class because it, it is so fluid from that 103 to 112 range. But I'd I, say I 102 to 112 range. It seems pretty yeah, fluid. Yeah. Either way, I, I think that there's there's value in just taking a guy that you think you'll be able to flip later on. And I, I think that the key is you don't ever want to seem too eager because once because once you do that, they're like, oh well, you just took this guy to, to flip him, and then they try and take advantage of that. So. Um, I'm fine with taking value m- m- more so because I don't believe in my player evaluation more so than, you know, the average Joe Schmo. I think I'm much better at, you know, getting the value in trades rather than the player evaluation. Oh, I'm always right about who's 104 versus 106 or, or whatever it may be. So I- I'm fine with taking a guy that I don't necessarily like have high on my list. If the rest of the public is higher on him. Yeah. I mean, and there is, truth to insulation in those higher first round picks Ask Devonta Parker about it. There is most certainly players who have not overall panned out. Laquan Treadwell comes to mind, not as much as Parker, but there's players whose values have held even in those high first round picks that they for a season, for a season and a half, they continue to be valuable assets. So, um, all right, Nathan, what's the next topic on our list? Meow. Our last topic on the list before we get to our game is going to be trading for, trading away, picks two years out. Obviously, we've talked about a bazillion, bazillion, billion times uh, trading for future picks because that's a very common – Bazillion, yes, lots yes, of times. Not, he's a but, teacher, ladies and gents, bazillion. <laughs> bazillion. All right. Um, 
but I think it's it's certainly a less covered topic because there's certainly there's not like all dynasty leagues that cover uh, two years of future picks trades out. But in a league where you can trade future picks or acquire, you know, I guess it would be 2020 picks at this time. I, I think that the key in that scenario is you kind of have to look at your roster. And if you can afford to take on roster spots in that late second, mid to late second range, I'm fine with trading, you know, a 2020 first and trying to get like a, a 19 second and 18 second or, you know, things of the nature where if you can take on roster spots, it's fine to trade future picks. But if you are, if you have a team where you don't really have the roster room, that is kind of where I try and target those 2021st. And I'm like, well, I don't think I can fit a, you know, a 209 on my roster right now. But if I can, you know, get the installation of, you know, a future first, which it may take some time to A, get on my roster or B, gain value. But it's just something that I know is always going to be there and something that is going to gain value eventually. Yeah, I mean the and 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 I'll just preface by saying all the leagues I commission I actually don't allow trades two years out. Um just because it it introduces volatility where people can tank teams. The one exception is my live draft for for like that we do in Denver where we all meet in person once a summer and draft. Um you know, I, I I think I think that's exactly right, Nathan. Is it, it's all about like what you can handle on your roster now and also what People like maybe, I don't know, like a Nathan Powell value super late first in the future um, and want to acquire those that maybe you can actually sell them for more. Again, Nathan, I'm just giving you crap there. I don't think you overvalue them, but there are certainly players who do where maybe you sell a two year in the future for the 112 this year. Like that's a no brainer. Um for sure. So, and and again, you're exactly right. The situation where I've used the two year in the future pick, um, and I do have leagues that I don't commission that do, is when I'm in the fourth round and I don't want to make a pick. I don't have roster spots for making a pick in the fourth round, and I'm like, you know what? Just give me your two year in the future third and make this pick because somebody's always in love with some sexy sleeper in the fourth round, and you can pretty much always find that deal in a league, in my experience. That's me a lot. I end up li- liking a lot of those guys. <laughs> yep, that's you. Your uh, Marky Hodges for you, buddy. Your, your Mark Waltons, your John Kellys, uh, yeah, Deion Kane, those kind of guys this year. I've spent a lot of future thirds on, uh, or a lot of future seconds even on those those types of guys. Um, as far as the idea of the two years out, I have no issue with it. I've never had someone trade all of their picks for future and then just bail on the league, so I don't think that's an issue. As well, far I, as I, I do it, oh, I do accept. Ahead. I do accept. To, to defend that i do accept deposits when future firsts are traded oh, yeah. so <laughs> in that case if you have a league that trades two or more years in the future just get deposits every single time one of those or, trades is is made so or at least it. half payment so the team's not completely dead no that, that's what i mean is I, I do a half payment but but also if they trade their 2020 take a half payment for that year then like you know what i mean so sure and deposited accordingly. Sorry, I cut you off there. I just wanted to defend myself. No, you're you're just fine. Um, the two years out, you know, a lot of times once the leagues roll over, those I I like right when leagues roll, I try to move them. And then if I don't have any any luck, I'm waiting until rookie rookie draft season because even though those picks aren't increasing in value now, there's something about a rookie pick in general during draft season. That makes you like, oh yeah, more rookie picks. Yeah, great. I can't wait to do this in two more years. It's, it's like <laughs> it's a subconscious true. trigger that goes into people's brains. So a lot of times, if you're a contender, you can you can move one of those guys for maybe like a 28 or 29 year old wide receiver, or maybe a you know an RB two or something like that, where it's going to help your team now. And in two years, 
you know, what's what's that pick honestly going to be? Maybe your team is still strong in two years from now and that pick's still late and it's entirely irrelevant. Obviously, right now, that pick isn't worth what it's going to be worth in two years. But during rookie draft season, those things, I mean, this is like throwing $100 bills around. It's crazy. No, it's true. I mean, and I'm not, you said subconscious. Like, I'm not sure it is. I think that's when the picks are the the most conscious for you because you're literally having such a conscious amount of fun that you're like, you know, actually, I could, I don't need to marry Thomas. I'm going to just do this next year when it's fun again. And then, like, you in, in not two and a half days later, you're like, I really wish I didn't trade that future first pick. Like, it, it is like the funniest thing that, like, the reaction to like veteran players in season and rookie players off season and rookie picks in the draft. Like it is one of the more funny, like psychological aspects of dynasty. It's like the angel and the devil on your shoulders, except the devil's Nathan just saying, take the picks, get the picks, go get the picks. (laughs) Oh, I foresee a, a hilarious Photoshop of Nathan being (laughs) the devil. You don't need Jordy Nelson. Go get that 2021 third. <laughs> Does crap. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm not really going to. This is a terrible transition. So let's just tell you about our sponsor. Uh, again, this week we are sponsored by our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. We've been talking about these guys for months at this point. Um, they're awesome. So for for most people, it's the offseason, but not for the FFPC because they're awesome. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are drafting daily with entry fees starting at just $35. They have both slow and live drafts. Uh, if you like Dynasty, which, as I say every week, you do because you're here, uh, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty Leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty League is folded in eight years. New Dynasty Leagues are forming right now uh, with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. That's now. Don't uh, don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Also, name drop, uh, because your boy here uh, won the Scott Fishbowl, uh, Scott Fishbowl 7. Uh, I got a wow, pros versus back bragging. All I'm right. just saying, I got a pros versus Joe's invite, and I was pro number one for some god-awful reason. And just make sure you sign up for the 2019 game so that way you can see your boy in the finale because we're going all the way. What t- What is the pros versus Joe's? I'm very interested. Dan. It's basically a miniature version of the Scott Fishbowl, except they actually have a bunch of really good pros and then me and then a bunch of really good Joe's that all create a bunch of different leagues. And then the winners of said leagues get to go to the big time finale What that has like a it's an $1,800 value for the buy-in, wow. which is insane. So I can't wait to get crushed. But at the same time, I'm really hoping I can I can make it through this this round. All right, all right, FFPC. I'm going to be reaching out to you because uh, I need to be one of these Joes that takes down Dan. Let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and pivot into our game, and this is a game of Nathan. Keep trade drop 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 drop, and this is the rookie vet old guy edition. Um, and that is for those of you that need explanation for that. I'm sorry. I can't give it to you. It's very self-explanatory. I don't know what to say (laughs) Uh, on that note. uh, Nathan, go ahead and introduce us to, uh, to our keep trade drop uh, rookie vet old guy edition. Well, we, we haven't played keep trade drop in a while. So for those that don't keep trade, 
Draw. Sorry. Uh, for those who, for those who don't know, uh, it's a very difficult game. It's basically MFK, but for Dynasty. So wow, uh, no, we can't say that. No, no, just M B K. Merry intercourse. Whoa, murder. whoa, not the I word either. That is wow, wow. Oh. We're sorry to your children riding in your Politically car. Right correct. Now. All right. Atomically, maybe, but but Sherry's <laughs> nine year old doesn't need to hear that. All right. Well, Mary, Mary hug, Mary hug, kiss, uh, <laughs> or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nathan, is that what you think? Is that what you think happens? Is that cows running around yet? <laughs> well, there there are two guys with kids on the show, and Nathan's not one of them, so that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Our first keep trade drop is going to be uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, may have heard of him. He's on the Cleveland Browns. Derek Carr and Philip Rivers. Uh, start with Mr. Burtzlaff here. Who are you keeping, trading, and dropping? Um, I'll keep Mayfield. Um, I think he's he's valued highly but doesn't seem to be. The fire is really super flex heavy at the moment. Um, so I'll keep him. I will trade – Derek Carr as a player that I'm not super sold on, but has a lot of dynasty value Uh, started to depreciate a little bit, but still has a lot of dynasty value. And then I'll go ahead and drop and it it breaks my heart because I really like rivers as an old guy, like keep on your team, especially in like super flex or actually really anywhere. He's going to produce value um, as he always does. uh, But I just can't, I just can't trade him because he's just not worth anything. That was going to be, that was gonna be my take. um, But I'm going to flip the script. Whoa. And, so you I'm agreed just, with me, but you just don't want to for the show, is what you're saying? Well, it was going to be sort of. I was going to keep Mayfield, but I'm ch- I'm changing I'm changing my mind because it was. I, it I was kept a Mayfield. I kept Mayfield. Here's, okay. here's the deal: we're dropping Carr because he's Dookie. All right, he's not good. I would rather have <laughs> David Carr than Derek Carr. All right, that's I am that's not true. Don't go. One hundred percent. Don't watch him David on some Carr. of those NFL shows. He's he can throw bullets at those targets. Don't listen to Dan. <laughs> Do not pick up David Carr. No, don't pick up David Carr. He's not playing for anyone. Uh, I'm going to keep Philip Rivers, actually, because I'm all on board with these last couple QB1 seasons. So give him to me, give him to me, while we wait for Mayfield to kind of come into his own. And I'm going to trade Baker just because it is rookie draft season. The value is probably going to be as high as unless it breaks out, which I think he might do, depending on what Tyrod does for those first four games. But I'm going to keep Rivers, uh, trade Mayfield, and I'm just going to drop Carr as far as I can drop him. Yeah, uh, well, we've all had different answers here because I am going to keep Baker Mayfield because I think that he can very easily get himself in that QB8, QB7, top top eight quarterback conversation this time next year. Uh, and then I'm going to drop Derek Carr because if, in case you didn't know, Eric, everyone in the Dynasty community thinks Derek Carr is absolute trash. The Dynasty That's- community very – very, very much agrees with Dan. Uh, that happened for the, in the last what six months at this point. Yes, his his value has sunk. There's terribly. still a sucker out there, and I'm going to league. and I'm going to trade Rivers to the guy who uh, has one quarterback and you know is going on a run for what for like a late second like yes I mean, yes. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I like not. Nathan's take. Nathan's 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 been good this episode, except for the part <laughs> about the thing where he was wrong earlier. All right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce the next one then, um, and we're into the running back section, um, and this is going to be in our rookie Ronald Jones, in our vet Tevin Coleman, and our old guy Shady McCoy. I'll throw to Daniel first. 
Man, I'm I'm gonna end up being the like the old guy liker here. This is this is not good. I'm keeping Ooh, shady. That is not somebody you want to be on the internet, Dan. That is <laughs> no, not no, good. No. There is an entire niche of you, I believe. Now I have to create another. I now have to create another Twitter handle. Damn old guy liker. <laughs> <laughs> FF Dynasty old man. <laughs> um, I'm keeping shady, man. He's he's literally the only player left on Buffalo. So who else is gonna get the ball? That's that's he's gonna score like 900 points this year. Um, I am going to, uh, I think I have to trade Ronald Jones just because I've seen him going as high as like one Oh three in some drafts, which that's too high for me. That's a kind of easy trade. And I love Tevin Coleman, but because I'm keeping shady, I think I just have to drop him in that, in that, uh, committee backfield. So yeah, give me all the shady. Yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm going to mirror your sentiment here. Uh, Dan, but I will throw a precursor on it that we talked about earlier, and that is Ronald Jones seems to be very hyperbolic. Um, and if your league happens to be one of those leagues that doesn't like Ronald Jones, that he fell to the 110 or whatever it is, uh, there's leagues where you see him go at the one, 103, and there's leagues where you see him go to 110 um, or even the early second round uh, that your league could um, – Screw you is the word I'm looking for there. Uh, if you get too cute there. So um, I'm going to do the exact same thing as you did, Dan. I'm going to hold shady, enjoy the value for the next couple of years. I'm going to trade Jones, hope that I can get the value that's high on the high end of his valuation and then uh, release Tevin because I don't know. I'm going to keep Tevin Coleman because if Jarrett McKinnon can go from like an eighth round startup pick to like a fourth round startup pick, Tevin Coleman is going to be like a second round starter pick this time next year when he gets a backfield to himself. But he doesn't have uh, the metrics. He does have the metrics. <laughs> he has um, some metrics, not the metrics. I was about to say, the metrics, metrics are McKinnon. All right. Well, well the t- metrics are Saquon Barkley, but same difference. Yes. All right. Well, Tevin Coleman is going to get a huge boost in value once he uh, leaves Devonta Freeman in the dust. Uh, I'm going to trade Ronald Jones to the guy that I value him at the 103, and I'll drop LaShawn McCoy because he's old. All right. That, sounds, you, you have no that, that adds up as far as being a Nathan take. That one, that one checks out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. man. You want me to? You want me to introduce this one? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Dan's hosting whoa. the show. Everyone, pause. Let's hey. let him go. Hey, I've tried, man. I've tried. Usually, what ends up happening is Nathan's on his phone and no one can ever hear him. And I'm like, hey, I should really do this. And Nathan's like, no, I got it. Um, <laughs> all right, our next keep trade drop is going to be a group of wide receivers. We're going to start with the rookie Christian Kirk. The well, I mean, if it's by NBA standards, still rookie Mike Williams, and you know, hated old guy because he may or may not have caught it. Des Bryant, Nathan, hated. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Uh, in this scenario, I'm going to keep the old guy. Uh, spoiler alert. Keep him yep. to Des Bryant because you couldn't fetch a wet dog poop for him right now on the, on the trade market. <laughs> I've um, tried. Yep, it's all. And, uh, and I think that I think that he might have a wide receiver one season left. I'm not sure where it's going to be, but he's going to have another wide receiver one season. He's going to get like 16 touchdowns. Let's book that in, in the book. Um, and I'm going okay. to trade – I'm going to trade Christian Kirk uh, simply because he has more trade value than Mike wow. Williams. And I'll drop Mike Williams because pretty much everyone gave up on him already. Oh, man. I, I'll do, again, the exact same thing as Nathan here. Uh, yes, uh, and I, as I alluded to while Nathan was talking, uh, you cannot get a wet, hot 
dog turd or a wet noodle. What did you say? A hot dog turd? I, I think I said wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the temperature or moisture level of the dog turd, <laughs> you can't get it for Des Bryant. Uh, so he is the guy. I actually had one of my coworkers who I'm in a league with offer me the 301 and Jamal Charles for him. And I was like, Jesus. And he's, he's like, hey, man, I'm done. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you're, I think it was Jamal Charles. If you're listening to this, John, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're not doing it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I Des is just one of those classic. Like his his valuation is going to continue to go down, but he will stay productive unless he just happens to be one of these true anomalies that just vanishes by age thirty. Um, I, I doubt it. Um, I, I bet he stays productive, and he goes to another situation with a chip on his shoulder. So I will hold Des. I will trade Christian Kirk, and I would probably wait to do that because the current news is not great. So just no. Twitter hasn't even cared about Christian. Like I, I saw him go 105 after that news came out. So, Granted, nobody- I'm just saying if you're trading him, I might wait for that news to blow over for a couple of weeks so people forget. Um, they, and then, they already yeah. forgot. They didn't care about it. <laughs> All right, and then um, well, they they drafted him. Because they drafted him even while knowing about it, which I think is like the Trump of all things. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, Williams. That's sad because I did. I, I apparently am bad at this game and drafted him at like one hundred four in a couple leagues, and uh, I am feeling the pain. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> all right, but before I go, is is the wet turd version of Des Bryant the same as our old crusty sock version of Marshawn Lynch? Is that Ooh, old crusty sock, Dan. Wait, Ooh, that, that happened. That, that happened. That's, in a throw, yeah, that's, that's a throwback. That's, yeah, that, that's a throwback. It's a lot of <laughs> a lot of middle school memories coming up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. I yeah. I'm and I'm probably breaking up here. I'm keeping Des. I'm yeah. This one's obvious to me. You shouldn't even be rostering Mike Williams. Get rid of him. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That, that take is so bad, Dan. <laughs> his all of his neck vertebrae, like everything in his neck, no, is fused together no. with his spine. He's he's like no, listeners. He, he's, do, not he, listen to him. do not listen to Dan. That is a Williams bad. actually stands for he hath no neck. That's what. That's a horrible. Sorry, Miss Williams. And B roster him. He's he's a draft oh. capital. No. Garbage. <laughs> oh my god. I can't right. wait. It's the I last can't wait one. To use that as the intro. <laughs> All right. All right. I will conclude us uh, with all the joy I have from Dan's sound problems. And it's going to be the tight end position. Uh, sometimes we cut this out, but this time, you know, we'll, we'll treat for you listeners. We're going to talk about tight ends. Uh, this one is going to be the rookie, Mike Gasecki of Miami Dolphins. The veteran, Tyler Eifert. And the old guy, Delaney Walker. Dan, lead us off. This one seems, again, kind of obvious like the last one. I'm I'm definitely keeping Delaney because he still seems to have a ton in the tank, even though I do love Johnny Smith, who's right behind him. Um, Gasecki's got to be worth a lot right now because of the whole, the whole uh, combine thing and getting drafted to a team that literally has no one else to throw to. And Tyler Eifert is literally a dead body. He for those for those of you that like true true things, so those of you that like facts, Tyler Eifert has actually missed more games in his NFL career than he has played. So that's good. I mean, you could have said the same thing about Keenan Allen. Yeah, except he's actually good. And okay, he scores but I mean, lots of arguments. Okay, I'm just I'm not I'm just gonna let you crucify yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> How many games did Keenan Allen miss last year? 
Zero games, but I mean, how many years was he in the league before that happened? And I love like Keenan Allen. I'm making yeah, the I was argument. Like Twelve that years old. Uh, all right, are you are you finished with your take? <laughs> yes, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I will trade Gasecki due to value. Um, and actually, I do really love Gasecki, and I really like as I look as I as I look more into that situation and, and think more about it. I'm like. He might be productive or at least quasi-productive year one, That's which would be unheard of for tight ends. Not unheard of, but great. Um, and I will keep Eifert because I believe that he actually, again, has great pedigree and has been productive when he's on the field. Um, so I will hold on. I will gamble. But I would agree his valuation is, oh, in the term, I don't know, like a goose poop as you go for a walk. <laughs> is that going to work? Um, he's a he's a, he's that's, a that's, stroller on the park goose poop. That's that's the name of the episode. Tyler Eifert is. Hold goose on, poop. it's a very important. <laughs> is it? It's a very important question. Is it duck duck goose or is it duck duck gray it's duck? Du- it's duck duck goose. It's uh, du- what? What is that last thing you said? It is most certainly it's, not that. It's duck duck gray duck in Minnesota. <laughs> by the way, that yeah, we, is, we know from Minnesota Vikings. Did you guys take that from Canada? What happened? Uh, I have no idea what happened. That's just how we were raised. <laughs> All right, coming to my mentions, it's Duck Duck Goose, and you're wrong if you think. Oh otherwise. no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I'm right with Duck Duck Gray Duck. I'm just saying that's the Minnesota thing. I your still say kid. Duck Duck Goose. So you have kids that run. You have your kids are currently running around saying Duck Duck Gray Duck is what you're saying. No, they're running around screaming and smashing into walls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I thought I heard that in the back, um, and then I'll drop Delaney. Um, I although. I don't know. It's, it is sort of a toss up between Delaney and Eifert, but if we're talking upside in valuation, if Eifert puts it together with no injuries and reduce, like if he starts to turn it around with no injuries, similar to what Keenan did, which granted the difference in valuation drops pretty significant there. But if Eifert manages to play two full seasons, guess where his value is going to be. It's going to be like tight end four again. And Delaney's too old and it will never happen for him. So his valuation is peaked right now. So I'll take the high upside on Eifert in my eyes and go with, I'll, I'll keep him. I think I, I think I've changed my answer in the last two or three minutes. I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm going to go a little crazy here. I'm going Whoa. to keep. I think I'm going to keep Mike Gusecki because uh, I, I think that he has the best long term upside of this group, and he, he's he's in a solid situation. There's not really much going on in the wide receiver group there. There's definitely an opportunity for some red zone touchdowns as early as this year. So I'm going to keep Mike Gusecki. I'm going to trade Delaney Walker to a veteran team because there's always one team in the league that, you know, has a solid roster of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and kind of just sees themselves as a, as a tight end away from, you know, being a playoff team or tight end away from being a championship team. So I'm going to trade Delaney for like an earlier mid-second uh, to that guy, and then I'll drop Eifert because he has no trade value. Just describe my, my rosters, Nathan. I'm always a tight end away because I will never at any point in life spend on a tight end unless it's mike gasecki because i use my entire rookie budget on him in ks2 well yeah i'm with you dan uh vernon davis was the greatest thing that happened to my roster last year i was like oh i found somebody i can start thank god ben watson for the win uh beautiful all right well that brings us sadly to the end of a very fun dynasty trade cast it's good to have the boys back together boys this has been fun it's been a good time i think we went over 40 minutes sorry nathan 
Yeah, wait, an hour wait, now. Or, or 55 minutes. Uh, but right. take take away that three-minute thing of me fist-pumping and just add it to the top of the show. God, it's either, gonna, it's either one of two things is happening, Nathan. And the listeners already know which one of these two things happened. One is I'm going to cut it, put it at the front of the show. B, I'm just going to leave it in its entirety and bleep out F-bombs. One of the two things <laughs> is going to happen. One of those or, two things is going to happen. Or option three is all the sound worked great and you guys just couldn't hear it. No, your sound is comically bad. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to hear it in person while you listen to the show. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap the show. Uh, I want to thank our guests who didn't come. It's just us hosts. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, and uh, make sure you check us out on uh, on Twitter. That's at Dino Tradecast. If you don't follow us on Twitter, I never plug that. So check that out. Um, and then make sure you leave a five-star rating and review for us on iTunes. That helps other listeners find us. Uh, and we promise we won't share ourselves with your league mates. We promise. If you leave a five-star rating and review, we won't tell your league mates that we're giving advice on this podcast or let them listen so uh leave that five star rating and review and uh i think that's it boys nathan you got anything to say on the way out dan looks like he does nope nope nathan oh uh, just a little disc hold on hold on just a little disclaimer um we didn't actually have a host lined up (laughs) because eric made it sound like someone didn't show up we're not throwing <laughs> no, shade yes, at anybody. Yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking shots at anyone. That is literally just. <laughs> we're we're being not throwing shade. Dang it, Russell! No what are you doing? Out. I'm shooting from the hip, boys. <laughs> shooting from the hip. All right. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's wrap the show for Nathan, Dan, and myself. This has been another Dynasty Tradecast. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.